Today on Up For Debate, Sean has no idea what we're going to be talking about part two. Will we be talking about yo-yos, yogurt, or yo-yo ma? Who knows? It's a new episode of March Madness, an Up For Debate, and it's coming at you live. No one knows just how hard you work. But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line In one shining moment They're frozen in time We're here on Up For Debate. Thank you for joining us. We're not actually live. We're, but we are coming at you in your car, in your earbuds, wherever you are listening to this podcast, and we're glad to have you. It's Up for Debate, the show where the hosts agree on almost everything, except for uh, Sean, who is more of a corona guy, and Matt, who is more of a COVID-19 guy. Um, I hate corona. Let me, yeah, let me just be clear. He's more, of a, he's more of a Bud Light guy, let's I, be I, honest. Corona's here. gross. Yeah. Never got it. He, he's, more, uh, he's more of a PBR. No. Right? PBR? No, no, no. Legitimately, I'm a, if I'm going with a light beer... I'm going probably going with Bud Light, probably Bud Light then Coors Light. Okay, I know. All right, so then I'm the Corona guy. I, I would, I'd, yeah. I would, I would do a Corona. I find, I find that especially with lime. I'm not a big Mexican beer fan. That sort of sort of skunky ness uh, you get with the Mexican beers. I, I that never really did like your Dos Equis. I never really got. Oh, see, I, I like Dos Equis a lot. Yeah. Matter of fact, you just remind. I haven't had. I haven't. I haven't had a Dos Equis in a while. It's been been a been a couple years. So. Um, Sean, thanks for thanks for joining me today oh, on my show. I, I was super glad busy, to have you, but I carved out a little bit of time for you, Matt. It we is got, your month, we, after all. That's right. We have our our special guest, Sean Jennings, here. Thanks. Uh, Pleasure to be here, Sean. I know you 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 traveled all the way across the country to be here. I'm sure you're you're dying to know what we're going to be talking about. What we brought you in for, Matt? I, I'm self quarantined here in my home. I got nowhere else to be. So that's right. Now, speaking of quarantine, when you would. Say you were say you were under a situation, right, where you had to quarantine yourself for 14 days. What would you do? Like what 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 would the very first thing, Sean, those four walls are all you're going to see for the next 14 days. What are you going to do? Uh, I would immediately break quarantine and go get an ice cream cone. All right. Cuz I've well, say it. say that you, there was the national guard was posted outside of your house and you know, they would say, no, you got to go back inside. What are they going to do? Shoot me? Arrest yes. me? What are, what Maybe. Are they, uh, they'll do whatever they, they, whatever they have to do. No, That's what, the answer. What would whatever I, they have to do. What Stop would I do? I'd probably just... Spreading. Now, in this situation, do I actually have the illness and I'm quarantined no. or I'm suspected You're of? suspected. Definitely suspected. So no you symptoms. Feel fine. You okay. feel fine. Hmm. No symptoms. You just You came in direct contact with a COVID. <laughs> was that like a wild animal? One of the nineteen COVID. I, I was bitten by a COVID. Yes. Um. Gosh. Well, the nineteen COVIDs. You came into contact with one of them. I mean, I'd probably just I, sleep I, a lot. I don't know. But you feel fine. You don't. You don't feel sick. I feel tired all the time, Matt. That's okay. just being alive in twenty twenty. So for all fourteen days, your answer is: Are you going to sleep a lot? I'm going to sleep. I'm going to eat, and I'm going to watch television. Which is what I do normally, but I'm just going to do it 24 hours. Yeah, a day. I was going to say that. This sounds a lot like <laughs> outside of going to work. Life. Yes, that's all I do. Okay, okay. 
Um, we'll say in that 14 year period that maybe you wanted to learn a skill. Where I, would you go to learn that skill? Matt, I am 28, almost 29 years old, never learned a skill in my life. <laughs> so I wouldn't even, where would I go to learn a skill? But, Sean, I, but I can't leave my house. You can't leave your house. See, I would you say like, a, com- a, like a community college. I mean, you don't even have to do that. You could just go to Skillshare.com. Skillshare.com is your one-stop place to learn any skill, anytime. Did you know that over 300 – are you going on there right now? Is this even – did you just over make three, this up? Over 800,000 people nationwide are learning a skill using Skillshare.com. Yeah. Skillshare.com. Your how one-stop much, how place. How much are they paying to, us for this? Sean, they're not paying us – they're not paying you anything. This is not show. <laughs> <laughs> that is the right answer. You're right. I am not getting paid anything. You're a guest on the on this show, but um, this show that is thoughtfully brought to you by Skillshare.com. Um, but really, Sean, if if you wanted to learn a skill, you know that you wouldn't even have to go to Skillshare to do that. I mean, you could. It is a great place to pick up any skill known to man, really, in a very short amount of time. I'm looking here at T-shirt design courses. So I can oh. design some T-shirts. Oh, okay. That, that's a whole category. <laughs> that's that's one of the most useless th- skills I think I could. Okay, it's on there. Hey, you know what? Go for it. Actually, that that might not be so useless. I mean, I didn't think I, it was so hard. You needed a course, but no. In your but in your line of work, like you might need that. That might be a good thing to pick up. Okay, I, I kind of wish I had added that that to my. It's out list there. Doom here, um, Sean. I'm bringing back, I'm reviving a an old favorite, an old topic that we had discussed a long time ago. Okay. And for this show, we are going to start off by talking about the Four Dummies series. The books. Okay. But there's a twist, as usual. I'm so, I, I'm so confused. So you might as well just get right to it. You have, you have lost me so badly. Sean, 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 Sean. It's okay. It's okay. We are going to look at the popular book series for dummies, the popular brand. Are you with me so far? The book. Sure. Okay. Okay. Every book is capable of teaching you, you know, we could say a skill or a um, uh, a technique, right, in every book? Yeah, they're Sean, generally educational. I'm going to cut to the chase here. Uh-huh. You are going to learn a skill. I am going to learn a skill. But um, the thing is that neither of us have the choice what that skill is going to be. We are both both going to walk away with a with a semi useful ability that we did not have before we were quarantined because now we're quarantined, Sean. You and I are both quarantined. Okay. I have to learn a skill. Okay. Using the four dummies books. Okay. So what I did, I went to, and I'm going to send you the same link that 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 I used. Um, unless you want to get creative, maybe you want to uh, explore this on your own. Uh, there was a list online of the it, – it's called the top 28 
top 28 uh oh here no 38 38 best for dummies books that actually existed because we checked oh see i found a website that lists 240 of them all right really okay so then you use that site that is even better because that way we won't have any overlap so what i did um and, and I, you could i could give you a little time to do this also uh, I took 15 of them, and I put them on a little sticky note here. Uh-huh. Okay? And I have them written next to a number, and I don't know how you want to do this. I, I have the I have the 20-sided die, the trusty – I've got the trusty D&D here, okay? Okay. Or, or if you just want to give me a number between 1 and, tw- and 15, uh, and – Whatever it lands on, Sean, I am going to purchase the Four Dummies book and have it mailed to your house. Okay. You are going to be required to read it within a one-week period. Okay. And we will report on the next show uh, the skill that we learned and how we are going to use it or apply it in our daily life. And if you do the same, I'm willing to purchase the Four Dummies book that that you that I select. So I'll okay. buy both the books. I'll buy them both at no cost to you. And, well, no, I'll I'll buy your book, and that's nice of you to offer. But no, we'll. I mean, I know you're getting all this Skillshare.com money, but uh... <laughs> right. I figure I would just I would share the wealth. So it's it's not it's not a big not a big deal that we no. will share the wealth. Um, but I I think this could be fun. I think that we could spend the episode today talking about. The um, either the one we selected, or maybe if we if we just want to like just go over the list really quick and look at look at some of these these crazy options. Now, now Matt, I'll ask you right yeah. the ones you chose for your list of ten. Mm-hmm. How list did of you or list of fifteen? What was the criteria? Because there are hundreds of these books. So how did you decide those fifteen? I picked the ones that I thought would be the funniest. Okay, that's great. So I'll make you do because I've while you were talking and I was sort of listening, uh, I was scrolling through this master list and um, decided I've pulled out a few that I thought were also amusing. Now, we might have overlap. I don't know. Um, But why don't we do this? So I only have about five of them. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to randomly select five off of your list. And for the next hour, why don't we share the five we have, talk through them, and we'll use our discussion to decide which we each choose. I like that. Yeah. All right. It's a good, it's I'm, a good way I'm to fill an that. hour. Sure. Sure thing. Um, I'm all right. all for it. So, so how are we going to choose those five? So I, I'll let you tell me, Matt. You can either pick five off your list or I can pick them randomly. And I, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. No, you pick them, pick them randomly. All right. I'm going to pick three. Uh, let me, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, these are these are all gold. So great. Yep. Yeah. So number three, mm-hmm. number eleven. Number eleven. Okay. Number fifteen. Okay. Number two. Okay. And number five. All right. Okay. We've got. I think. I think actually, this these are probably the out. best ones. It worked out quite well, Sean. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, you want to go first? You want to uh, give me give me one of the ones I chose and we'll discuss it. Okay. 
Um, so I'll just I'll go in the kind of the order that you that you picked them. Sure. Um, the first one you picked, Sean, was baby names for dummies. Okay. <laughs> Which actually does live up to the for dummies moniker because that does seem like something you don't need a book for. Yes. Uh, the Amazon description here, the fun and easy way to name the new bundle of joy brimming with over 5,000 names from traditional to unique. This is the perfect reference for parents to be looking for parents to be looking for naming guidance. It, it features an impressive assemblage of options for both boys and girls from biblical medieval and Shakespearean names to musical and international names, along with a list of today's most popular names and the favorite names of previous decades. Now okay. I have to be honest, Matt, that um, my concern is that I, it's going to be difficult to learn anything from this book because it seems to me like it's just a book full of baby names. Uh, yeah, th that that was um, that was part of the allure. I wanted I just wanted you to discover for me ah. what, what exactly the, uh, this book is uh, like. Is what why why couldn't someone just go to a website at, with pop? If you're really going to be that uncreative and have the have the internet name your baby for you, why go to the lengths of reading a book? Oh well, here like, you go. So no, but here's a here's an Amazon review from Jay Doopy. Um, who writes, when I first saw this book, I thought to myself, yeah, right. Who needs a more than simple list type of book with what, like 10,000 names? This author does a great job of explaining various tips, techniques, and historical background that should go into choosing a name. I found it fascinating to read about the origins of her name selections. Some listed chronologically like building empires, classical names, to romanticizing Victorian ideas. So there you go. Maybe okay. there's more to it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's, uh. Yeah, maybe there's oh, a little more nuance there. And Tom Steele on Amazon in his review writes, "We weren't even sure our baby would be a dummy, but based on several, uh, but based on several of our relatives, we decided there was a high likelihood that could happen. So we got this book. <laughs> That's and, a good and then what's really fantastic? This has to be a joke. We pursued over a thousand good baby names for dummies and settled on Cletus. Of course, that that can't be right. That's got to be a joke. Nobody, I don't think any." real person is named Cletus. The only Cletus I've ever heard of is the one on The Simpsons. It's definitely a joke. No one's yeah. ever been named Cletus for real. Yeah, I don't think that's a real name. I'm convinced that that name only exists in, like, The Simpsons. Like, nothing else. So. Yeah, so uh, I, I would definitely, I don't, I've never named a baby. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know much about naming babies. I'm very bad at naming things in general. I wouldn't, are you good at naming things, Matt? Um, I, I have a knack for, like, being really terrible at naming things at first and then in hindsight coming up with a good name. You know, like, I, I, I all the time, like, if, if I had to name a character in a game or in a D&D &D campaign, I think in the, in the moment, I, I can't think of a good name. But then, it, as with most things in life, like, later on, there's, like, a delay. And then later on, I'm like, oh, that would have been a good one. Yep. That would have been, like, okay. But too little too late. Yeah. Um, all right. So baby names for dummies. Love it. All right, Matt, I have a book for you mm -hmm. that I think is going to be perfect. Fits right into your, your interests, very relevant to your life. Uh, first published in 2002. I think you should read menopause for dummies. Oh boy. Menopause for dummies. Um, 
Let's read the description here. As baby boomers hit their late 40s and 50s, women are entering menopause in record numbers. Soon, for the first time in history, there will be more women beyond menopause than have yet to go through it. Yet, amazingly, getting reliable practical information about menopause isn't easy. Uh, In plain English, it covers all the health issues and therapy choices that confront women during the menopausal years. It helps you put it in perspective, understand how it can affect your body, emotions, and libido, uh, know all your therapy options, make smarter life cycle choices. Um, There you go, May. A little little health book for you. Thanks. That made me think of – I think there's a musical called Menopause the Musical. There is. Is that real? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that that seems like one that'll be very useful. So thank you. Yes. I'll, I'll be able to apply that to my daily life for sure. Uh, Sandra McVeigh on Amazon says, "Good book. It helped me understand what I am going through." <laughs> Good. Good for you, Sandra. Um. Yeah. Do you know right. a lot about menopause, Matt? I I know next to nothing about that, Sean. I I know probably as little as you possibly could know. I just know that it's a thing that happens to older ladies. Well, not older ladies. Well, ladies of a certain age. We'll, who we'll are, put it who that are way. older? You, I yes. think that's actually probably okay. Ladies of a certain age. We don't want to. We don't want to upset or offend any of our loyal, dedicated fans. So that, yeah. And do you yeah, think? That, do you that think I know nothing about? I know nothing about it. Do you think that would be a useful skill to know, understanding menopause? Do you think that not could a, help your I life? Don't, I don't think that could help no. me. It, not even one bit. Not even a little bit. Okay. But I'm ready to be surprised. Well, that's what this whole exercise is about, isn't it? That's right. I'm not going to give you a book about. on something you already know about. I want, Sean, I want you to come back next week and I want you to say, to be a guest on my show, and I want you to say, Matt, I'm real glad you recommended that book. I would have never read anything about baby names or any of the other crazy things on this list. And now I know how to do all this stuff. Well, why don't you give me the next one on your list? Sean, are you ready to know the next skill you could potentially learn? I kind of am not, but okay. Building beehives for dummies. Oh, that's fun. Building beehives for dummies. You could learn how to be a an amateur beehive constructor and let me see if i could uh i should pull up the the because you're you you're reading the the descriptions let's see if i can get a description of building beehives uh it says the easy way to build your own beehives and beekeeping equipment building beehives for dummies is the follow-up book to the best-selling book beekeeping for dummies now sean i, I you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna toss in a uh, a bonus here would you rather would you rather read beekeeping for dummies than be building beehives? Yeah, probably. Only okay. because building beehives just sounds like a bunch of blueprints and stuff, which I'm definitely not going to build. So, so I may back up. But beekeeping. I would beekeeping. read beekeeping for dummies. Okay. Now, Sean, there's a. Um, I don't know if I told you this story about the me beekeeping and and me. No. Last summer, the beginning of the summer, I was kind of exploring YouTube, you know, as I do, just watching the channels that I watch on there. And um, I guess one of the one of the videos that they kept suggesting for me was about beekeeping. Mm-hmm. So I kept watching the beekeeping and eventually it got into the algorithm that I was like some kind of 
beekeeping enthusiast. So YouTube just kept recommending me more and more beekeeping videos from like really the same two sources about beekeeping. And that actually that that's kind of what kickstarted this this whole thing when you, because I was like maybe I I gave it I gave it a a, a like a, a a second thought. I was like maybe I should get into beekeeping because YouTube seems to think I'm this beekeeper right. expert. And then I remembered Sean that I'm highly allergic to bees oh. so it could, it could never happen it's a dream that i'm just gonna have to never realize i'm not allergic to bees so okay maybe this is useful good to know i will accept my limitations but for you sean the sky is the limit like i, I never said, really I... understood that expression what sky's the limit yeah like should are is by the definition of the expression isn't there is no limit exactly that's what so it the, means when you when you say the sky's the limit, you're essentially saying there is no limit, right? But the but the sky itself is a limit. Well, the sky doesn't really exist. It's a concept. The stratosphere outside. exists. But when you talk about yeah, sky okay. as a nebulous concept, it just goes up yeah. forever. It's everything. Oh, above you're you. right. No, it, it's not it's a great a... phrase, but very few phrases are. <laughs> yes. Uh, very few phrases are indeed. Uh, I will shout out chemo. Uh, K-A-M-O, in the reviews of Beekeeping for Dummies, who says, I refuse to buy anything that says I'm a dummy. <laughs> Fair enough, Kimo. Fair enough. Can't, can't disagree with that. Oh, Kimo is going places. Awesome. I love it. Beekeeping oh, for Dummies. All right. I'm on board for that. <laughs> I may learn some stuff. You know, by the All way, right. do you, have you ever, like, actually bought a Four Dummies book in your I life? Have. I have. I, I own several. I own investing in your twenties for dummies. That sounds I own, useful. Um, mortgages for dummies, and I own buying your first home for dummies. Very nice. Those, those would be things that would come handy. Uh, earlier in my life, I also I, I uh, pl- playing chess for dummies or just chess. I think it was just chess for dummies. I, I read that one. Um, and ar- archaeology, archaeology for dummies. That was one of my one of my uh, earlier uh, for dummies purchases. That's awesome. Yeah, I, it's they're they're good. They're 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 light reads, and they they do have some in- interesting stuff. Sometimes I've only ever read filmmaking for dummies, just because okay. I was curious how movies are made. It was yeah. there are better sources for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- it's it's a primer at best, right? Not like Skillshare. Dot com. Skillshare.com, where you can learn any skill for... I don't think it's free. I don't think it's free, Sean. Well, they gotta I gotta make money somehow. Pay. Yeah. They Use promo make code debate for your first class free. <laughs> That's right. Um, Matt, I got a great book for you. What's that? One that I think you should read. A great skill, none more practical in the year 2020. In, in this age of new technology, I have got the perfect read for you ham radio for dummies oh okay Uh, ham radio or amateur radio is a way to talk to people around the world in real time okay uh that's 
phones, but okay. Uh, it provides a way to keep in touch with friends and family, whether they across town or across the country. It is also a very important emergency communication system. When cell phones, landlines, the internet, and other systems are down or overloaded, amateur radio still gets the message through. Radio amateurs, often called hams, enjoy radio technology as a hobby, but are often called on to provide vital service when regular communication systems failed. Ham Radio for Dummies is your guide to everything there is to know about ham radio. You can learn how to set up your own radio station, design your ham shack, which I don't know what that is, <laughs> but that's what the, that's what the description is. I think that's where you put your ham equipment. Um, provide support in emergencies and communicate with other hams. Uh, and how to study for the licensing exam and choose your call sign. Yeah, the licensing exam. So an, another podcast I listen to, one of the hosts does this ham radio as a, for a hobby. And I remember on a recent episode, he was talking about how he had to go and like he passed his test and he was mm-hmm. like, he's a, officially licensed to do ham radio. So I was really actually really curious about why there's a test, first of all, and what what you need to pass it. I mean, you think like what we're doing right now, Sean, I don't know about you, but I didn't need to pass a test to do this. No, that's why we're allowed to do it. Right. Right. I'm, I'm just I got this. Mic. Maybe we probably we probably arguably we probably should have had to pass the test, but we didn't. We, we're just two goons with microphones. No, no, not, not like the professional amateur radio enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they clearly know their stuff more than us. Now, do you think that they if I if I learn the ham radio, uh, do you think this would help with the current uh, covid situation going on? Well, when society collapses and all communication has been uh, sort of disbanded, I think uh, I think yeah, it's good to have a backup. Now, put how, it this way, yeah. If, if if I were one of six survivors, right, and we we're, we're we've been traveling the wasteland from like town to town, and we we come across a village, and they they say, okay, we can only take two of you. Do you and the rest of you are going to just we're just going to shoot you. Do you think that this skill, ham skill, will will get me selected as one of those two people? I mean, it's it's really competitive because I know with my beekeeping skills, I'll certainly be one of the two. So the question is, can you beat out the other person? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. The world needs beekeepers, Sean. Yeah. Uh, amateur radio enthusiasts? Mm. That's Who knows? because – so if they have you in there, though, every time somebody comes up and wants to, like, know what's going on in the town, you could just say, none of your beeswax. Oh, shit. And they're like, we should have had the ham radio guy. We should have picked <laughs> the ham radio the guy. Ham guy. Huge mistake. At least he would have just stayed in his ham shack and not bothered anybody. I would love for you to have a ham shack. <laughs> now, my question for you, Matt, is your apartment complex, how big of an antenna will they let you put on the roof? Because that's a big uh, part of this. You need a damn big antenna. <laughs> okay. Um, probably none. I, I my guess is they would not because they judging just by the fact that they won't let us have grills or like any kind of gardening like plants or anything like that. I'm gonna say a giant ass antenna. Probably not. Probably not something that they're gonna they're gonna let slip. So. Okay. Well, maybe not the most useful book, but that's ham radio for dummies, Matt. Okay. okay. What, what do you have? Keep that in mind, Sean. Next up on my list, uh, your selection takes you to the exotic land of India. Sean, this is 
Doing business in India for dummies. Oh, doing <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> it is because I thought you it were just gonna because there are books that are like Hawaii for dummies or England for dummies. I thought it was gonna be India for dummies. Nope. And you're like, no, specifically doing business, doing in business India. in India for dummies. Hot that, damn. What, yep, that is the book that uh, is up next. You're doing business in India for dummies. Sean, do you have the review up there? My Google is being... I do. India is booming. This practical, easy-to-understand guide covers all the basics of setting up and growing your business in India, from choosing a location and selecting your Indian team to understanding the legal system, evaluating business partner, and settling disputes. You'll also get handy tips in financing, marketing, and manufacturing, as well as doing business from abroad. Now, one thing I particularly like about this book, Matt, is, uh, and you're sort of a, a, a study of study of the world, right? geopolitically especially india changing all the time right right i mean not even year to year but month to month day to day it's a very fluid place over there and so this book published in 2007 i feel like is going to have very applicable advice for you and i yeah i mean they, they they're saying that india is the place to do business more and more so uh would you would you go to india sean no well, no, that's not true. <laughs> I don't like long plane rides. I don't have anything against yeah. India, but like if you said, Sean, what's the farthest you're willing to travel to go anywhere? And for me, it's like maybe nine hours on a plane, which would not get me to India. So that's that's more the reason. I don't have any problem with the country of India. I just don't like leaving my home. Okay. Do you like Indian food? Gosh, you know what? Can I be honest with you, Matt? I've had Indian food maybe three times in my life, and every time I've really enjoyed it, but I just never get to eat it that much, mainly because I live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Indian food is one of those – it's really good. I, I love Indian food, but it's it's true. It's one of, the, it's one of those – like there, it, you can't find it everywhere. And, I, and that's something I, I kind of took for granted, I guess. When I was in London, uh, my coworkers and I, we went to a place that specialized in Indian street food, which I do not know the difference. Uh, it was amazing. It was it was incredible. Um, so, no, I would absolutely eat more Indian food if, if available. Uh, just curious, how how far is that flight to India? Oh, that's easy to find out. Uh, what airport are you flying out of? I thought Matt was just thinking, but he actually just froze. Uh, let's see. Well, if you went out of, let's say, JFK out to New Delhi. Let's see here. Um, okay. Let's see if we've got Matt back here. Matt? Yeah, so Matt, I looked up flights from JFK to New Delhi, um, and with stop, it's about 20 hours. Nice. That's but, a, that but, a good time to get reading done. A very reasonable $760, which seems okay. almost too cheap. Well, I think with everything going on right now, the price is probably well, yeah, lower. I would, I'm I trying to look assume. farther into the, if I went in like June or July. Yeah. And I don't don't know what that would actually cost. Oh, no, it's still like a thousand bucks. Totally fine. I'm sick of okay? dying. 
Um, wow. No, I'm doing great. Uh, not as great as J.H. in the Amazon reviews, whose review is titled, <laughs> This Book is Worthless. Um, he writes, the oh. book is worthless for starting a business in India. It gives you advice like, you need to apply for a tax ID number. Seriously? How about some advice on how to do that and the steps to follow? <laughs> Whoa, all right. Th- this book has the worst reviews out of all the ones we've looked at tonight. Everyone's a critic. Everyone's a critic. Look, the Four Dummies books are not, they're not like college textbooks. They're just, they're primers. They're. And by the way, do you know who writes Four Dummy you know? books? Uh, just like people. They just, just find like, somebody and they just write it. Like it's nobody notable or interesting. It's not like a professor or. Yeah. They literally I, just I, find somebody who's willing to do it. Pretty much. I mean, uh, the books that I have, like the, the, the guys, the, the investing in your twenties, uh, the guy's pretty straightforward in the, in the introduction. He's just like, I'm an accountant. I'm doing this on my spare time for fun. And because they're paying me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. The, so it is, it, it, they are just a bunch of people. Yeah. Source, uh, no crowd, crowdsourced content, right? Exactly. Just uh, people sourced. And Cotton, we'll do it. We'll uh, do it. Cottage industry. All right. So that's, that is doing business in India. Great book. Could learn a lot from that. Potential. There's a, lots of potential there. All right. You have one for me, Sean? What's oh, the I next have a great one. one. This one's right down your alley, Matt, uh, because when I think of Matt Mariani, only one word comes to mind. What's that? Tech wizard. Yes, definitely. The second word that comes to mind is gambler, which is uh, why I think you should okay. read Winning at Internet Poker for Dummies. Okay. Uh, take poker online the fun and easy way. Uh, online betting is up nearly fourfold over the past year, with total wagers running over $30 billion. Winning at Internet Poker for Dummies provides the lowdown on the hottest game around, highlighting the best sites in virtual games and showing how to make secure online bets. This book covers setting up an account, securing funds, navigating a basic online poker game, using internet abbreviations and lingo, observing online poker etiquette, playing popular online poker games such as Texas Hold'em, devising a winning strategy, and participating in tournaments. Again, as we talk about books that are very important to uh, to have timely versions of, um, this book was published in 2005. So I'm sure it's very applicable to 2020 uh, internet poker. Yeah. The, uh, Sean, I've, I've never played online poker. I played real life poker. Mm-hmm. But maybe if I read this, I will be more inclined to gamble away my savings. Yeah. Now, to my knowledge, I believe online poker is illegal in America now. I don't know the exact law, but I thought all gambling was legal now. Sports gambling. Uh, Oh, so poker is not a sport. Legality. You know, oh, my God, I'm not reading this. This is way too long. If poker is not a sport, then why is there a World Series of Poker? Well, that takes place in person. But it's not a sport. That's true. Uh, I don't know, Matt. I guess you're going to have to read this book and tell me if it's legal or not from 2005. Uh, Della Roth in the Amazon Reviews uh, says, in all caps, Present for hubby. He said he did learn something he needed to. Thanks, Stella. Good. Good for you, Stella. Good gift. 
Now, is is with with, with everything happening with COVID, COVID nineteen, uh, maybe yeah. the online poker is the future of poker. Maybe it's the future of sports since all the sports have been canceled. It Everything could be, could be the future of your financial well-being, Matt. There are no sports, so maybe watching poker on the internet is the is the new thing to do. They 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 also uh, tangential note. I heard the other day that they got rid of HQ. Do you remember HQ, Sean? Yes, that went out of business. It's gone now. Yeah, out of business. So you can't even play HQ. So what what do we have left? Online poker. Online poker for dummies. And building a beehive. But that's what's great about this book, Matt. It's not just internet poker for dummies. It's winning at internet poker for dummies. They don't just tell you how to do it. They tell you how to win. Yeah. I, I would much rather them tell me how to win than tell me how to lose. Yeah. So there you go. Cutting edge stuff. That. Winning at yeah. internet poker for dummies. Matt, you have a book for me? Ooh, all right. Uh, next up on our list, we're reaching the end almost <laughs> – We've got oh one of my favorites on here, Sean. Oh, awesome, Sean! You like to read? Not really, but okay. You like uh, you like high fantasy books. You're you're a oh, guy that, no. I, that I, as far as I know, loves the world of high fantasy and and fiction. Uh, so a book that I got for you that will help you connect to your inner dwarven elf i just i I meshed two two uh races there could have fooled me but it's the origins of tolkien's middle earth for dummies i'm sorry what was that so it's got the longest name of a four dummies book that i've seen oh my god this looks fake origins of tolkien's middle earth for dummies J.R. tolkien's novels of middle earth the hobbit the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Silmarillion have become some of the most famous and most beloved literary works of the 20th century. Even if you've never read the novels and have only seen the films, Which I you, know that the, you know that the world of Middle-earth is a complicated one, Sean. You know that it's complicated. Uh, you know that Tolkien took great care in representing this world from creating new languages – to including very particular cultural details that add to the richness of the world's fabric. Many other books have been written about Tolkien and his works, but none have come close to we need the world of Middle-earth. Yeah. Get ready to explore. I, I mean, to be honest, I am much more likely to read this than the actual Lord of the Rings books, so that's something. Yeah. Um, now, I will also point out that this is theoretically supposed to be a brief version of those books, I guess, give you some explanations. Um, it says here it includes such as the differences between the books and the movies, the historical background of Middle Earth, the origins of Tolkien's mythology and European folklore. Uh, the thing is, Matt, this book is 360 pages. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a hefty... Uh... A hefty for I, most of the for dummies books I've seen are like fifty or sixty pages. Yeah, I, I never I, I I've never seen one that quite that long. I, I'm I'm very surprised. You can get it as an ebook though. It does. It is available in ebook format. Not that that really makes it shorter. It just God makes damn. it. I guess you don't have to hold it. But uh, table of contents. I wanted to read this before you read one of the any other reviews. Uh, some of the chapters in here. The divine Anor. 
the fair race of elves, the mortal race of men, the hardy race of dwarves, those homespun hobbits, the wily wizards, Bayorn, Tom Bombadil, and Treebeard, the enemy and his minions, the Valerian ages, the first three ages, and then some. Just just to name a few a few of these exciting chapters that you have to look forward to in this book. So the guy who wrote this, Greg Harvey, has also written Excel Time Saving Techniques for Dummies, uh, Excel 2003 for Dummies. I'm not sure how he got into... He's also a, he's a language scholar, it says. Oh. He's a language scholar who has traced the roots of Tolkien's work in European folklore and pre-Christian religious beliefs. He has studied 12 languages, including Elvish, Latin, and Anglo-Saxon. So don't worry, Elvish, he's got it covered. Matt, please don't make me read this. <laughs> please. Uh, all the other ones you gave me are fine and funny, and this just is, like, upsetting. Sean, your, your, your plea may fall on deaf ears, I'm afraid. Like, have you ever seen any, like, memes or photoshops where people make fake for dummies books? Yes, that this looks like this look. This looks so unbelievably fake. It's real, and it's only nineteen ninety nine. Oh, what a bargain! A bargain at any price. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that sucks. So it was written in two thousand three. So I'm, it, this is you know at the height of the movie craze. So probably that's probably what he was banking on. I don't think anybody's actually bought this book. Probably in a good. Good ten years or so. Well, let's at least let's see when the most recent reviews are. At least, and that should give us some idea. Um, there's a review in February of 2019, titled "Well Done, Greg Harvey." That's a review from you, Sean. That's you. Oh look, from Sean the Jennings. Oh look at that. Yeah, I'm so thankful future. Matt made me read this book. Oh. I am now the number one Lord of the Rings fan, as it goes on to say. Well, I was going to actually quote the review from Elias, who gave it five stars, and his review says, great. Okay. So, enough said. The origins of Tolkien's Middle Earth for dummies. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Matt, I got a great book for you. What's that? Oh, actually, I don't know which of these two I want to do. Uh, let's do this one here. Uh, Matt... The space in which you live, I know you take a lot of pride in. You really think about how things around you are organized. But I mean, aside from being a tech wizard, yeah, I would say that a, a spatial interior decorator, yeah. Which is why I think it's time for you to take it to the next level with Feng Shui for Dummies. Uh, take a look around you. What do you see? Whether or not you're aware of it, your environment profoundly affects your health Wealth, family life, relationship, and yes, even your destiny. Feng Shui, which means wind water, is the ancient Chinese study of harmony and energy flow between you and your physical surroundings. Now, Feng Shui for Dummies 2nd Edition shows how you can apply Feng Shui principles to your home and workplace in order to achieve a better life. Okay. Uh, do, you know, do you know a lot about Feng Shui, Matt? I actually, I kind of do. My grandma, believe it or not, was very into feng shui for a period of time back when it was trendy. Wow. When it was like, remember, remember when it was like, I feel like it was like the early 2000s or like late 90s. It was like super in 
feng shui huh. for a while. That's it cool. was like it was very popular in, in like the HGTV. Now that that is actually I would think that would be a really good idea for an HGTV show, like a feng shui. Like you get some like um oh what was her name? The one that would come in and this brings you joy and if oh, it doesn't bring Marie Kondo Marie Kondo like that but she feng shui your stuff feng shui boom yes yeah it's a good it's a good angle I I actually this this seems kind of interesting I I could I could maybe do something with this of of all the things that that uh I think it's between this and the ham radio for in terms of usefulness like we got we've got I think I'd be more likely to use the feng shui on a daily basis, sure. It seems more practical than the ham radio, which uh, pro- ham radio is an investment. I'd have to, I'd have to put some. Oh, there's all kinds of first. equipment. It's a lot of yeah, work. There's some investment to it, but uh, feng shui just seems like a thing that I would know how to do, and then I could like just do it. Yeah, become an expert. You'd, you'd be, yeah. uh, you'd be the envy of all your friends. Is that what it says in the description? Yeah, look, it says right here, become the envy of all your friends. Oh, okay. I'm the envy of your friends. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, feng shui for dummies. All right, Matt, you got one more for me? I thought you were going to give us a review. We usually... Oh! You've been given a review for each one. Can I be honest with you? All of the reviews are... It only has three ratings and no written reviews. But oh. let me go to the well. It's a new edition um, that just came out last year. So let me go to the uh, let me go to the old one here, which I'm sure has a bunch. Yeah, this has a bunch of reviews. All right, let's take a look here. Mind you, this is the old one. Um, I always go to the one star reviews because those are the most fun. Um, oh boy, here's this one from Amelda, which says mildly disappointed. Uh, I must admit to being mightily disappointed with this book. I've heard of the spread of this geomancy. Okay, Uh, and I'm rather appalled that it is gaining ground in the West, where we have spent a thousand years throwing off the shackles of primitive witch doctoring. I thought that this book was feng shui for dummies, but it is instead about the primitive practice instead. So if you are a fool and have some money you wish to be parted from, buy this book. 20 people found that helpful. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Feng shui for dummies. Feng shui for dummies. Feng shui. <laughs> Sean, we I think we're at our last pick now. We are. Right? Yep, I've got one more. You've got one more. What do you All got right. for me, Matt? Um, this one, I, I confess, I I thought I knew a lot about it. I don't know so much about it, but um, I I think you'll find it kind of useful. Uh huh. If not, then uh, there's always a the business to India uh, book doing business in India. This one is a book on geocaching for dummies. Oh, fun. Yeah. Geocaching. Uh, I thought it had something to do with making cash out of rocks, but I guess that's not, that's not really what it is. Is it? No, no, not. That's more alchemy, but you're close. Right. right. That's what I'm thinking of. Alchemy. Yes. Now, Ooh, maybe there's an alchemy for Sean. Would you rather do geocaching for dummies? If you can find alchemy for dummies, I will read that just for fun outside the show. Okay. How to turn lead into gold. The search is on alchemy for dummies. Let's see. Uh, but geo in the meantime, geocaching for dummies, uh, 
is find a high-tech hobby in the great outdoors. Dig into this fast-growing detective sport that's fun for all ages. Once you get your coordinates, your GPS receiver, your maps, your compass, and this book, you're ready for adventure. Seek out containers of goodies hidden throughout the world by other geocachers. Hide a cache of your own. See new places. Get a little exercise to boot. Here's where to start. The dummy's way. Yeah. So. Well, in here, uh, Sky Pacer, in his review, titled A Little Dated for 2011, says, This book is useful to the first-time geocacher and contains information that will be useful to them. However, the book came out in 2004 and is a little dated for today's cacher. For example, it says that the GC codes used to identify the geocaches are six characters long. They were in 2004, but by 2011, so many caches have been placed that the code has expanded to seven characters. Also, the focus is on electronic devices include only PDAs and pocket PCs. There's absolutely no information on smartphones. I think it's about time for the author to come out with a revision for this book. Okay. So there you go. Have you ever, have you ever geocached, Matt? You know, I haven't, but I kind of want to. This kind of makes me want to. It's this very really fun. Cool. I, I have done it once or twice. And it's, I will admit that the sort of exploration part is the fun part. When you actually find it, it's usually just like a box that people have put little notes in. And there's usually a little pad you can sign your name or you can leave a little something, take something. That I don't really care about as much. But just the idea of kind of walking around and trying to find it, it's a lot of fun. So the uh, the same podcast I listened to that talked about the ham radio, where one of them is ham radio certified, actually yep. another host on the show uh, talked about his geocaching experience out in Kansas. And in his experience, he found a box and in it there was a an unloaded gun. So mm. is that is that the kind of thing that people leave in geocaching? Not in my limited experience, but theoretically, okay. you could leave anything in there. That's okay. that's kind of the idea of it. Leave leave a button or a pin or something that represents you, you know, or something. Is there enough um, people that do this? Like, is this a is this popular enough? Oh yeah. Also, how deep in the ground are they burying these caches? Usually, they don't usually necessarily bury them in the ground. Well, first of all, they're not all like boxes. Sometimes it's just like a card or it's just something small or big. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, but if it's like a box or something, no, usually it'd be like in a tree or under a rock or so. They don't like bury it. So the adventure is the journey. Exactly. Like, that's the point. Yep. The journey is the destination. Yeah, because basically what it, especially because some are in cities. You know, they're not oh. all like in the woods, but the okay. ones in the woods, it's usually just like, here's a par and it's not on a trail and you've kind of got to walk around and find it. I genuinely would recommend um, if you're if you're out just like on vacation and are just hanging around and have nothing else to do, um, pulling it up and there might be one not that far from you. So I was looking at the uh, the cover of the book and, and the lady on the cover looks like she is a hiker. Like she's got a backpack. Yes. A hat. She hardcore. And she's, she's pulling something out of the dirt. So that's what I, I just assume that was what well, all geocaching was. And it's another one of those things where you look at when this book was published. And again, there were no smartphones, no apps, no easy GPS for people. I mean, it's, I have to imagine this book is radically out of date and incorrect. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, the cover itself says the fun and easy way to go treasure hunting with a with GPS it. receiver. Boom. So <laughs> it, it yes. is. Yeah. So if, if you were around in the early 2000s, this this probably would have been really cool. Really yeah, fun. something you actually needed a book for that you couldn't yes. just easily figure out. Right now with with I'm sure there's tons of apps. Oh, sure. No, it's stupid easy. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, would you, do, is this a book you think you would, you would still like to read? No, I think it'd be an enormous waste of my time. Probably. But <laughs> geocaching does seem kind of cool. I it's mean, a great idea. That, now that we're on the topic, maybe a future episode in the world. I'd love, Matt, we got to go geocaching. I think Let's that'd go, be we fun. We go geocaching together and then talk about our experience. Well, what we should do is a, we should go find one, but then we should also find somewhere to put our own. Yes. And people could go find it. We could put up for debate swag. <laughs> yeah. It's a great idea. Yes. Autographed up for debate swag. Yep. For one lucky fan. I love it. That's an awesome idea. Awesome. All right, Matt, I've got my last book for you. Uh, now, you started with uh, baby names. Well, I also have a baby book. Now, Matt, what is one of the most important things you can teach your baby or toddler? Not to interrupt daddy while he plays video games. Close. But the correct answer is American Sign Language. That's why Baby Signing for Dummies is the book I'm picking for you. Uh, have you ever thought about signing with your baby or toddler? Parents and caregivers are discovering the benefits of using American Sign Language to communicate with children long before they can speak. Stumps, some studies show that signing babies talk sooner, have larger vocabularies, and have fewer tantrums. Baby Signing for Dummies gives you the skills to connect in a meaningful way with your baby or toddler. Packed with more than 150 illustrated signs, this friendly, easy-to-follow guide shows you how to use simple hand gestures and baby-specific signing techniques to start interacting with your babies. That, I don't think that works. I don't think that works at all. Sean, I don't think this is a real thing. It, and look, so here, here's the bullet point. You'll discover how to introduce signs to your baby. Make everyday events easier with signs. Decrease fussing and crying through signing. Keep your baby safe with signing. Sean, this seems like it would be like, look, he's signing, and then the baby is doing something else. And it, you know, where it's like you, people say, like, oh, yeah, the baby's, it says, it's saying dada. It, it, I swear it is. It doesn't sound anything like it. Then you pretend that it does just for the parent's sake, but. That's what this this is going to turn into is, oh, yeah, he's signing I love you. No, he's not. I don't think he is. That's, but yep. to be fair, Matt, there's nothing in this world I would love to see more than you trying to teach a baby sign language. That sounds hilarious. Would you rather see me build a beehive? No, I would rather see you try and teach a baby sign language because I feel like it'd be super Would you rather see me try to teach a baby ham radio? While, while going through menopause? Absolutely. And traveling to India. To do business. To do business. There. Uh, M. Leach uh, leaves a review. Uh, this book is useless to anyone in the UK hoping to learn baby signing, as the American sign language described in this book is very different to the British sign language, which is what is obviously taught and understood in the UK. Thank you, M. Leach. 41 people found that helpful. Yeah. But then why are you buying a book with American Sign Language? Especially like the th third line in the description says American Sign Language. <laughs> it could could be more specific. Might as well be like, but this doesn't help me because I speak Japanese. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, I want to see who wrote this. Jennifer Watson is the mom to three signing children. She began signing with her first daughter when her daughter was about six months old. At four and a half years, her oldest now has over 300 signs. Now, I get it's easy to look at this and be like, that's bullshit. But at the same time, like, we teach gorillas how to sign language. Like, could yeah, we, can you really not teach a baby to do it? I feel like gorillas probably have more developed brains than babies do. But what what? See, this is where we start to get into sketchy science territory. I don't know the answer, yeah. but like, why? What is preventing babies from speaking? Is, is there a? Why can't babies speak when they're born? Other I than the fact they don't know the language, why does it take? I, I, until I think late? A, there's a whole bunch of factors, Sean. I, I, as someone who has no idea the answer to this question I'm, and is just completely speculating right now, I would say that muscle control. They don't have a lot of like the like the when we're, when so we it's talk, a physical issue. That's my question. Is it a physical issue that prevents them from no, speaking, or I don't is think it a it's, mental I don't think issue? It's only I think it's both. I think it's definitely both. Like when you learn a language, right? You, like you you have a lot of experience like using that language and syntax and grammar and vocabulary. All that takes time to build because, like, it's you know it's like a computer. It's like having a computer that can do stuff. It, it has to learn how to do stuff first. You have to program it to do stuff. So right. maybe we should be programming babies to be able to speak like their computers. Well, that's – and you're not – that because that, that was my question, right? Is it uh, – do babies have more dexterity in their voice and in their throat and in their mouth or do they have it in their hands first? Oh, you bring up a good point. I think – I yeah, think you, you know, might, like, yeah, you might like, be honest. Do babies understand language at an earlier age but are unable to vocalize? And that's where signing would come in? I don't know. If anything, you know, when the baby grows up, they'll, they'll know sign language. They'll have no idea how they know it or why, but they'll know it. So they'll be like a part of them. There's a That's kind of cool. There, there's a five star review here from Amy C. Um, uh, uh, signing is advantageous for all ages to learn. Um, she's taught her 20-month-old to sign. Um, neither one of us is frustrated in knowing when she's done eating or wanting more. I can communicate across a noisy room without yelling. Um, and to find out that it's only helping her brain power to learn to sign, what parent or caregiver wouldn't want that? This book makes it easy. Did you know there was a guy that taught his son Klingon? I did hear he was that. was a baby? That yeah, sucks. Like his he grew up knowing English and Klingon. That that really sucks. It's kind of cool. No, it's not. But it's uh, or is it just a giant? Or do you think it's a giant uh, like waste of brain space? You like, know what my question is: Is Klingon a good language in terms of you know how you know like when you learn similar languages, it kind of helps you and there's things to relate. But I would worry about a completely sort of made up fictional language like that. Like, did the guy who make it up do a good job of making it up? Or is it oh, like. Yeah. Is oh, it, yeah. It's 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 usually cited as one of the. As one of the most like professional made up languages. I don't really know why, but. Well, that's good then. Then, then I'm it, fine I mean, it's with got that. A full, it's got a full uh, like lexicon. Like it's it's like a, it is like a full language. But is there like the se the sentence structure yeah. and that kind of stuff? All those rules and stuff are there. Yeah. But but are they similar enough to actual languages? That Be I don't know. I don't know like, where the influences come from. Like how? 
I don't know. Like if the guy who knew English and Klingon wanted to go and learn French, like, would he be like, well, this is so like crazy different from Klingon. And like, I can't, yeah, I don't know. I, I just like, if it's useful to know those two and then it's easy to learn other languages because you're multilingual in Klingon and English, like that's great. I just don't know how useful it is. Now, Matt, I think that when you have a child, you should teach it another language. It would be Elvish. No. 100%. Nope. It would be Quenya or Cinderin. Nope. No. Quenya, he could speak at home, and Cinderin, he can speak with his peers. Matt, I want you to teach an actually useful language. I want you to teach him or her the Navi language from the Avatar movies. Is that a fully constructed language? It was created by Paul Frommer, a professor at the Marshall School of Business with a doctorate in linguistics. It is absolutely... A full and it has both a written language as well as a spoken language. Were they supposed to come out with more of those movies? More are coming out. They just finished filming some of them. Okay. Yeah. Look. Oh my God. Look. There's a whole. Oh my God. There's a website with a whole dictionary. Give me a word in Navi. Well, I'm looking for a good one. Um, How do you say ham radio enthusiast? Ningyon <laughs> <laughs> uh, is lethargically or lazily. Nice. Nari means I. Huh. Complex. Unobtainium. <laughs> that was from the movies. Remember? Unobtainium. They made a whole language for this movie. I kind of feel like. The name of the element that they could not obtain that the bad guy wanted was called Unobtainium. Unobtainium. Yeah, they really went lazy on that. They were going to knock the tree down and get it. Unobtainium. James Cameron created the whole universe and the language and this rich, vibrant world with these animals and these characters. And then, like, on the set that day, they're like, shit, we forgot to name the mineral. Uh, (laughs) Unobtainium? Unobtain it. So we'll call it Unobtainium. That's weak. I, we, I would not be opposed to doing an episode on Avatar on this show because I just think it is so bonkers that that's the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that is what a phenomenon. Uh, Matt, we are at the point of the show where we ha- now it's March Madness. So you get to decide, Matt, are we going to choose what book we read ourselves or is the other person choosing the book we read? Um, Am I choosing your book or are you choosing your book? Sean, I think we've come this far. I think we've got to commit. I think we're going to be, we're going to have to choose each other's books. Okay. I think that's, well. I'm fine with that. Unless you, unless you choose menopause, the book, which in this case, this can't work. What's wrong with menopause? Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's really not cool. (laughs) Menopause is an interesting medical phenomenon that happens to all women. Half the population, Matt. The plan has just changed. We're choosing our own books from, from the list. Okay. But I will say I'm not going to choose my book. I'm going to let the die do the talking. So I'm going to roll this 20-sided die just because I wanted to in the beginning of the show. Uh-huh. Whatever it lands on, Sean, that's going to be the one that 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 uh that I'll do from your list. How about what's your what's your take? What do you um, think about that? What are your I, thoughts? I'm going to Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. As much as I love your selection of books, um mm-hmm. only one of them makes remote sense for me to read. 
So I'm just going to choose that one because I'm not going to choose the geocaching book from 2004 that has nothing interesting or relevant. Uh, I'm not going to read the Doing Business in India book from 2007 that has nothing or interesting relevant in it. Uh, I'm not choosing the book that's just a bunch of baby names. Um, and I'm for sure not reading The Origins of Tolkien's Middle Earth for Dummies. So I'm going with Beekeeping for Dummies, and I'm very Beekeeping excited. Beekeeping for Dummies, yes. yes. Process That's of good elimination. because you know I would have chosen the Middle Earth book. For I, you. I think we can have a better discussion on the show about Beekeeping for Dummies. So would you like to would you like to hear the runners up the books that you did not pick? Yes, that were the, the books that in the beginning the numbers you didn't choose. Absolutely. Um, how to be more mindful for dummies? I could probably use that. Uh, you, you pick baby names. You pick beekeeping. You pick doing business in India. Existentialism for dummies. Oh, I would have hated that. Ferrets for dummies. That would have been funny. Gardening free range for dummies. That would have been interesting. I would have read that. Oh, no, I, I didn't read the re- gardening free range chicken. <laughs> gardening and free range chicken. Somehow Very they different. Were both, they were both in the same book. Um, happiness for dummies. Okay. Inventing for dummies. Making millions for dummies. Oh, that would have been fun. Uh, pastels for dummies. Weather for dummies. And solving cryptic crosswords for oh, dummies. Oh, that would have been a hoot. Mm-hmm. That would have been a hoot. The, the other options there. Well, Matt, you know, I'll give you the choice. You can pick any book on any of the lists. I don't really care. So I know, but it's more fun to roll for it, I think. Okay. Well, what, why don't we do this, right? Because you said you had 15 on your list? Yeah. Well, I have five here. That makes an even 20. Okay. So oh, okay. So as long as you don't roll beekeeping, then you're fine. All right. And I'll just take numbers uh, 16 through 20. Sounds good. Here we go. Okay. Ah. I rolled a... (laughs) I rolled a six. Ferrets for dummies. Hey! <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know anything about ferrets. Wow. Okay. Let's look this um, one up quick. First result, ferrets for sale. Ferrets for dummies. I mean, it's on the second edition, so it's got to be pretty popular. Uh, thinking about getting a ferret? Want to make sure you're giving the ferret you already have the best possible care? Ferrets for dummies help you decide whether a ferret is for you and gives your little fella a happy, healthy home. It's packed with practical information on feeding, housing, health, maintenance, and medical care. Sean, I don't want to do ferrets for dummies. You'll learn how to ferret-proof your house, handle ferret first aid, <laughs> and make foods your ferret will love. I feel like now we're, we're too wildlifey because you have the beekeeping, okay. I have the ferrets. I well, like, oh, look, someone in their Amazon review included a terrifying picture of their ferret. Uh, Matt, go ahead and roll again. I think I want to do feng shui for dummies. Sold. I think that's what I want to do. That that sounded like the one that, that had gotten my attention. So I've got the feng shui. You've got the beekeeping. This has the makings of a great episode uh, for next week. And we'll we'll talk about what we learned and how we can apply it to our uh, daily lives. Yeah, maybe one of the most educational shows we ever do. Maybe. You Learn wanna, a new skill with Sean and Matt. You'll want to stay tuned, and of course, you'll want to get all the Up for Debate content and subscriptions by logging on to our Twitter and subscribing and following us on Twitter. 
and using Twitter to follow up for debate and becoming a follower of us on Twitter and also making sure that you stay tuned for all of our content on Twitter. What's our Twitter name again, Matt? Thank you. I'm Twitter and this is Twitter. This is Twitter for debate. Is Twitter now sponsoring us? You seem very unwell. And, and we, we, we lost the contract with Skillshare, so now it's it's all Twitter. For one free tweet, use promo code DEBATE. Yes. Gosh. That would be that would be a dystopian world, right? If Twitter decided to start selling their tweets, like you have to pay per tweet. I don't know. Actually, it would probably be a better world. I was going to say. or probably like, be a way better world. I think it should be – I think it should be charged based on it should be a flexible rate based on how people interact with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like if you get like no likes and no retweets, then it should be free. But I think if like you get like a thousand comments on it of people saying it's horseshit, then like that's gonna cost you a fortune. Then you gotta you gotta pay up pay your due. Um, Matt, you sort of got at it. Upfordebate.tv is our website, and you can go there and get all of the episode information. Um, as well as information on how to subscribe to us on most major podcasting platforms. And you can follow us on Twitter at UpForDebateTV or email us UpForDebateTV at gmail.com. Matt, send us home. Uh, everybody stay safe. Don't get the COVID-19 or any of the other COVIDs out there. Just steer clear of all COVID. Is, is that like a Mambo number five thing where they just skip the first <laughs> one through four? Yeah. If you, uh, what does he say in the song? A little bit of COVID. Don't want God, you near my house. what an awful parody song that is. This is co- COVID-19. for 14 <laughs> days. <laughs> Quarantine yourself inside your house. Yeah, rhyming. Oh, boy. Call that's... your grandma on the phone. You can't see her in person. You don't want to kill her. Get her sick. <laughs> yeah. Um... But you know what? The best way to do that, quarantine yourself 14 days. Listen to every episode of Up for Debate. We've probably done for, probably 14 days worth of content. Oh, God, yes. Just listen to us for 14 days. Now, to days. be fair, it might make you sicker. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if, if you live through it, then we should probably pay you. But <laughs> um, or give at least give you a swag bag. Hey, you know what? You know what they say? If you listen to Up for Debate for 14 days in a row, you become the new Up for Debate. Like you, you become the new host of it. That's how Sean and I got this spot. Well, that's cursed they, with it. You know, Matt. That's what they say. An up for debate a day keeps the doctor away. That's right, because they don't want to hear us either. So no, no one does. And uh, that's because we don't watch any of the, the XFL, but we talk about the XFL. So and we don't wash our hands. So we also, yeah, bad, bad. Washing the hands is the new non-smoking. Yeah. Touch that face. And then you wipe it all over your face. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening up for debate. And we're out of here. One shining moment. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.